Welcome to The Jesus Follower, a podcast about helping ordinary people be close to an extraordinary God. The goal? To help you experience the life you were designed to live in the good times, tough times, and in the moments that nobody else sees. Happy Friday. Welcome in. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andrew and everyone else. We're glad that you have chosen to be with us today. I'm, I'm excited about the topic today, even though it is, I'll go ahead and confess, an area of weakness for me. So For me, I, too. I'm really excited to, to discuss it, though. Glad you're here with us. We've been holding you in suspense since Wednesday, even. We were uh, not ahead anymore on recording these, and uh, we'll get to that here before the, the show is over. But um, what, on Wednesday, we we knew that we were going in the general area of Christology. Off of last week, we've been in this uh, series of theology, talking on Fridays here about how does theology impact our life and what we believe impact how we live. And we started with uh, the doctrines of, of Scripture, its inerrancy, and how it's been preserved through time. And then we talked about the gospel, which is the main, the, the crown jewel, the main thing that we're about. Um, and it is all about following Jesus, the good news that we were sinners and that we were redeemed in Christ yeah. and his death and resurrection. So after that, we were left with the, with the place of where to go. And uh, we thought, obviously, we need to talk about Jesus, but what about Jesus should we go to? Because that's a podcast in and of itself. And Daniel, I was uh, researching it this week, and I was really struck by this quote that I heard in my in my research, in my looking into things, and just seeing where God might lead. Uh, Dallas Willard, I believe he's he's dead now, but he was a theologian, wrote a couple of, of, of good books. He was asked once, in one word, how would you describe Jesus? And the word he used was relaxed. And that really oh. hit me hard. Um, and digging more into that kind of vein of things, um, John Mark Comer is an author today who wrote a book based off of a lot of Dallas Willard's teaching called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and how really that hurry is an enemy of our Christian life and how we should live it. It has been said that, uh, John Mark Comer, I believe, said that uh, hurry is the enemy of love. And to describe Christ as peaceful is a very significant thing, I feel like, especially in how we interpret the Christian life. Obviously, we've been talking, there's a big push in Scripture, in the Great Commission, and in the New Testament to share your faith, to be a Christian, not just on the inside, but visibly as well. And with that, especially in our 21st century life, we might assume that that means, okay, we got to do that nonstop. Yeah. We got to go from here to here to here and be the most productive that we can be in sharing the gospel and getting a whole bunch of numbers. But really, we keep coming back to this idea of paradox where both things can be true at the same time that would be contradictions otherwise, but they're both true. So we're in a spot, I think, now, and we've been kind of both exploring this. We were talking about it before the show, how we can affirm things like the Great Commission and evangelism and see that in Christ where he desires all men to come to repentance. Yeah. And yet we see the same Christ who lived on earth and walked slowly. You know, we, we talk about walking with Jesus. He wasn't in a hurry to get from place to place. And really, oftentimes, the disciples got frustrated with him because they couldn't find him. When they were trying to do this or that, he was off talking to his father and not doing the work, if you will, yeah. of evangelizing. Yeah. So... We see these both being true, and 
we've talked about how we're um, just very convicted by this idea. But um, but yeah, how, how does that strike you, Daniel? Where have you been? Uh, so I, I think it's a very interesting description and a good lead-in for us today. And and when I when I think about a lot of things when it comes to Jesus, I, I turn to a passage about him doing just what you said, spending time with his father, and he he always he always found those times. I think about Mary and Martha uh, that that story, you know, where mm-hmm. where Mary's sitting at his feet, and Martha's doing all the uh, the work. You know, it's a it's a good illustration for it. I I think it's a really really, and I don't know if you all have experienced that or not, but for me, it's a really really hard balance to. To find and and the reality is, and I know people have shared this with me, and uh, it's one thing to know it is true, but it's another thing to practice it in your life. But if if you and I and our relationship with God are not uh, healthy and rested and intimate and in, in ourselves, we aren't going to be as productive in our mission to share the gospel in the world around us. So. So the reality behind the hurry mentality says that you just try to you try to get to everything, and uh, the, the the truth behind that is you just can't. I mean, it's just not it's not sustainable. It's not it's not something that you're going to be able to do for the long haul effectively. You're you're going to reach a point where, uh, and we see it all the time. We see it in ministry and in churches where you get burnt out, where you're just wore out, where you get frustrated in the in the process of that. And then you're definitely not, not only are you not effective, but a lot of times you stop moving altogether because you've, you've, you've lost the, I don't know, lost the fire or you're, you're just not, you're just beat and, Mm -hmm. and you need, you need a time of Mary like rest at the feet of Jesus before you're ready to proceed again. And, and, and so it's a, for me, it's a, it's a really hard thing because there's always, like you said, in our minds, we know there are thousands and thousands of people that don't know Jesus. I mean, even in, in our context where we live, we can look around and we can see, hey, there is a real need for the gospel. And there are, are like, tons of different directions you can go to accomplish that. We have multiple neighborhoods around the church that we could go to accomplish that. And and so to to figure out what the balance looks like and really hear the spirit and what he wants you to do and pinpoint the priorities, the major things and not get caught up running wild on the minor things is really something that we want to talk to you all about and just have a discussion. I don't know if we'll get to all of it in this segment only, but it's just a, we, we, we talked about it a little bit on Wednesday and that was kind of where we started pulling at the thread, I think, and, and the Lord yeah. really shone the light on it for us. And so now we want to, we would just want to dig into that whole process with you all, uh, because it's a process that we don't know, uh, me personally, that I know I have not perfected and I'm still struggling with it. So me too. And for those of you who haven't listened to Wednesday's episode, we talked about just what you preached on Sunday about the older son and the story of the prodigal son, as it's well known in Luke 15. And, um, with that, we were trying to get to the bottom there in that episode of the older son's attitude problem, yeah, more or less. Yeah, He's very. Uh, it was very based on how can the the bad brother <laughs> get yeah. all these rewards when I'm over here? I've done great for years. I've been doing this, this, and this, and and really, what we came down to, we kind of hit the point there at the end. At some time, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't an intentional thing in this 
fictional story that Jesus made up, but we've seen it in our own lives where it's not an intentional step where you go from completely satisfied in your walk with God, it's vibrant, and you're experiencing his presence in many different ways. You go from that to, I'm so far from God, why doesn't he see me, I'm tired. You don't make that conscious decision. So especially today in our Christian life, and I know, and we could just, I'm, I'm I want to just talk about it for my own sake, you yeah, know, yeah. because it's we we don't make ourselves opportunities to stop oftentimes because there's no incentive to in our right. culture today, and this is where we really why we felt it worthy to camp out on this for an extended yeah. amount of time, and we'll again get to what we're thinking with the schedule, but with that, um, all of our culture. It was said, I heard in my research to the to commit to being unhurried today is the equivalent in previous centuries of taking a vow of poverty. People have said that. And it's really true that in our modern social economy, especially, but even in the economy at large with, with money and status and all of that, it pays to do the most that you can yeah. in the shortest amount of time. And there hasn't, it, it hasn't been easier. Uh, you, you know, today's the easiest that it's been to get that done yeah. because of technology and um, everything that we have at our disposal, but it can often be, be turned to the point where we're just you know, mice running on a wheel. Yeah. And uh, what's it all worth? So we have, you know, kind of hit us on Wednesday that the Christian life and that mindset are compatible, are not compatible. And really this mindset of doing the most that you can, the fastest that you can, even if it's in the name of faith is not compatible with the gospel. No, not, not, it's not. And that's, you know, I think the, the reason, one of the things that we miss that's the biggest thing, in my opinion, and as I read the Word of God, is we miss hearing the voice of God and knowing His direction. Because when, you, when you're constantly in a hurry, you, you, you typically are not listening for the, or seeking out His direction. You're just going. And so there's a, like we yeah. talked about, there's a thousand things that you could be going and doing but there, there is that direction and path that God wants you to be on as well. So when you're talking about an organism like the church, a living body like the church, I mean, Christ is the head of the church. Uh, and I, I turn to Luke, Luke chapter 6 here when Jesus was uh, calling out his disciples. And, uh, and it says that in verse number 12, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. So I've heard a preacher say before that if uh, if it took Jesus all night in prayer before he made this decision, why do we think that we can make decisions so rapidly without spending appropriate time with God? And I it just kind of hit me. And, and and as I read that, I mean, you got to see that that's true. And so the the mentality, the fast food mentality of our culture in America today that says go 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 go, it's like no. I mean, that's very dangerous. Whenever mm. you say you're seeking God's will and God's way, but then you never stop and wait to see what his way actually is. Mm. And I think that's what you're talking about. That's why it's not compatible. It really isn't. Wow. It feels like like in our, in our culture that for us to be successful, we have to be that mentality. But then you get into the Bible and you see Jesus and you're like, 
Just like what you said at the beginning, that wasn't, I was reading today in John 11, and I'm thinking this may be where we're at for Sunday, but about Lazarus. And, you know, the whole mm. concept behind Lazarus, they came and said, you know, come, and Jesus waited a couple days. And it's like, that flies in the face of everything. Like, Jesus could have spoke the words, and he would be healed just like he had done other times. He could have went immediately and, and healed him, but he doesn't yeah. do either one of those. By the time he shows up, Lazarus has been dead four days. And yep. they're like, if you'd have been here and you watch that and you're like, man, he, he, he did not like he did what God wanted him to do in delaying. And mm. it scrambles our thought process and minds and schedules. And we're like, ah, what do you mean? Why? Why didn't you just say it? to spare the sorrow from this family. Why not? Just, but the thing is, is that even in us waiting for God's will and way, there are certain things he wants to do for his glory that we just simply can't know when we won't stop and listen to what direction he wants us to go. Mm, yeah. And, and I see that with, with Lazarus because I'm like, man, every fiber of our being would say, we need to get there. Yes. We need you to get here. We need you to do it now because he's dying. And four days after he's in the tomb would simply be unacceptable. That's n that's not how that Jesus, we, when we call, we need it now. Like, we don't need it four days after he's dead. We need it now, you know? Right. Can you imagine if you were asked to do a funeral and then four days later, you're like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm making it my way. It's already been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's, so so yeah. I I just I just think you know exactly what you said, and I think it's true for all of us, and I think it's true especially 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 as we talk about being Jesus followers. I've found it to be true over and over again in life. They they are not compatible. Our uh, our our hurry 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 mentality does not accommodate us really hearing from God. There are times yes. we can hear from Him in the midst of the hurry. But by and large, the example and the model that Jesus said is different, and I think that's problematic when we're doing it differently from Him. It is, and it's very convicting because I've seen, uh, man, it's just sin in my own life that's revealed when you start to think of it in that setting. Because really, if we, if we look at all this and the tendency, it's the same as it was back in Genesis with the Tower of Babel, yeah. this idea that we're more powerful than we actually are, and we hold ourselves in high regard. I, I like on Thursday mornings we've been having this prayer time at the church, and for one, there's not you know, as per normal prayer meetings, not a lot of people are there. But even when I'm there, it's a struggle to actually be there in my mind. It seems so much more worthy, which it feels dirty to say, but so it feels so much more like a good use of time to plan out mentally my day or to uh, it pops in my mind a thing I haven't dealt with yet. How am I going to deal with that? Maybe do a social post even and do ministry, you know, quote unquote, and not, uh, you know, and not just spend the time there. It, does, it doesn't feel as useful yeah. in that moment. And yeah. it is a true feeling. It's hard to just say to myself in that time, okay, do it that there's real spiritual warfare going on there yeah. i really think and a lot of that can probably just be psychological and with the you know there's very short attention spans nowadays myself included with yeah. all the scrolling and a lot of escapism i know for me when things get too stressful i've mentioned you know yeah. it's easy just with withdrawal and treat it as rest or think of it as rest but it's not actually rest so it's just 
you know, ignoring the problem. So what Jesus is calling us to here is something more, and it's crazy that those could both exist. It shows how Christ is different, is the most powerful, because we must rely on him for not only the answers to the problems that we face, but for our worldview entirely in this way. Um, I was in preparation for that, looking at the... um, the parable of the uh, the Good Samaritan here in Luke ten. Um, that's another thing too. It just with Jesus' tendency to talk in parables mm-hmm. is that Jesus, why not just come out and say it? Yeah. But there's a point to these parables. I've heard you know even in creation, uh, just they're the looking at trees and how God created them. I've uh, you know listened to a guy that was talking about that trees aren't fast. Yeah. They're growing. The, all nature is is slow, yeah. and that's what we admire. It seems natural about places like yeah. uh, the forest, or you know, hunting. You yeah, know, we know we both uh, in different way. I don't. I haven't uh, hunted, but we both uh, find it's easy to find rest and solace there because yeah. that's a natural thing. And and in here in Luke ten, um, the an expert in the law says in verse 25, he interrupts Jesus. He's on his, there. Uh, Jesus and the disciples are on their path here in um, chapter 10. He's doing ministry, and then all of a sudden, and I won't have to read it all, but verse 25 says, then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And his response is so interesting to that question, and we know what follows as the parable of the Good Samaritan but really it boils down to love and not having your schedule take precedence over the needs of the moment yeah. as God would place them in your path. Yeah. And that's extremely challenging to think of this passage in that light is that the religious in this this passage, the both of the religious people saw the man on the side of the road and did nothing yeah. because they had places to go. Yep. And I think of how many times I know it's, you don't want to give, uh, people have said, you know, you don't want to give money to a homeless person but how or houseless, but how many times have I passed a person like that and ignored maybe what they say to me just out of like, I need to go or I need to go or it's unsafe or whatever. Yeah. And the, at the end is the, the Samaritan or if, you know, we're take it like today, the you know, the, the good ISIS fighter or the good, uh, you know, jihadist or whatever, the, the good Samaritan, which are the enemy of the Jews, he's the one that stopped yeah. and showed love to this person. So it says in 36 here, verse 36, which one of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And then uh, in the verse 37, he can't even say, isn't it? The, the one who showed mercy to him. And then Jesus says, go and do the same. So that's the challenge in where I've been failing is that, and I know we all do on some level, but I see that in my life where it's uh, much easier to say, I'm, I'm a Christian, hold to these theological beliefs and then run in them and act in them, but then not love yeah, and not be sensitive to the moment, whether that be just listening to God and being in his presence or changing your schedule because that's what God would have it. Yeah. And and that's followed by Mary and Martha, like we talked about at the beginning, that story, oh, that, yeah. that account. So, I mean, it, it's a clear message that Jesus was trying to get across, I think, when he's, when he's sharing this, that, yeah. that we've got to be willing to do that. And 
uh, and be willing to to love others, uh, love God and love others, which means that you know those if those are the two greatest commandments, it makes me think like you know your your relationship with God is the top of the priority, like your your love relationship, mm. and you know you talk about the prayer meeting, I completely understand that, and and you see the overall mindset of a lot of the even in church culture today to to just have a time of prayer only. Uh, is mm. uh, it's a real challenge, and, yeah. and you know, I know even pastors of old, like Leonard Ravenhill, one of the ones that I really like. You know, he talked about how you know a lot will show up for this, but you talk about a prayer meeting, and the numbers seem to dwindle. And it's like mm. you know, we just feel like, even though that is incredibly productive time spiritually, um, we feel like that it's not. And 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 the other challenge, even if you are, even this is a challenge that I've faced, even if you are. Um, spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, it's it doesn't need to always be you trying to like for my context to to find a message or to find a sometimes I think you just need to be. Yeah. Like just just yes. be in his presence and read his word just to tr- you know, I just want to to know you more. Like I, I have no ulterior motive, I have no you know devotion I'm preparing for, I have no message in, in, in our context preparing for it. Like I I I just want to be here and with you, and that's it. Like that's yeah. all I want. And and I think even sometimes when we when we have prayer time, we're thinking, oh, I've got a thousand other things. Everything that's what it feels like to me. Everything is always tugging. Like everything mm. is you're you're having to hold stuff off because you have all these prayer requests that you know that you want to lift up because you love people and we love one another and we want to lift up. We have all these tasks and schedules, conf- scheduling conflicts and all the that are that are pressing and pressing and so many times we let those dominate our mm-hmm. our our time with God and and we can't but we got to stop. Like I feel like like you said Jesus, I mean, what does he do? He s- slips away and he stops and he spends time to the point that even they come looking for him because he is nowhere to be found. He's just in the presence of his father. And 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 that is the precedence that he set was that I I know that the present my time with God is monumentally important. Why was he so like with Lazarus? Why did he know that the right answer? You know, I know he was God and man, but how did he know that the right answer was? Don't hurry and get there. Mm. You got you need to. There's a bigger purpose here. Well, because he always did the will of the Father. He always was in right communication with God. He always was intimate with him. And so as a result, he got every step right beautifully, even though we look at it and say, man, you've messed it up. The dude's dead, right? Like yeah. you, you, you've messed it up, Jesus. Like how? And even Mary, even even as I ran to him, if you would have been here, and he weeps. You know, that's the the shortest verse. Jesus wept. You know, in that in that yeah. chapter. But it's like all of our everything says that can't be the right way to do it. Uh huh. Right. Until we see Jesus do it, until we see God's plan and His glory that He got from it, and then we say, oh. That was the right way to do it, but our hurried mentality would have said never, mm-hmm. not just no, but never. No, we, we've got to get there. Even with the Good Samaritan, I mean, just like you referenced, I mean, uh, as we look at that, we would think like if we were just watching this play through, oh, these religious leaders passed him up probably because they knew something else about him and they knew it was sketchy or they knew like they've got to have a good reason. They wouldn't just do it. But the reason was literally 
they had other things to do. They just didn't have time to give to this one that was in need, and the Samaritan did. And Jesus brought about a commendation, essentially, for this Samaritan that made the right choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it just right. flies at the face of so much of our culture and society and so many things that keeps us disconnected from the main things that God would have us to do because we just we are just bombarded and you you talked about attention span with all the sensory overload with the scrolling and everything in the culture that constantly is begging for your attention i mean we just don't do a good job myself i'm i, I don't know uh, about the rest of, but myself i don't do a good job of just saying no i'm not going mm-hmm. there right now because i i know that my time with god is my first priority is to love god with all that i am and i can't do that if i don't have a good relationship with like i've got to ha- i've got to keep that relationship healthy and I think that's getting at the main point of this. What what we've, and that is the main point, really, is that the what culture tells us is you're you're the best form of human. You're most human when you do the most, when you spend the most, when you make a legacy for yourself and you make a big impact. That's when you're at your best. Whereas God says, humanity in Christ, and as He showed in His time on Earth is not that at all. It's relying on God and in that taking things slowly. Yeah. Being with the Father and prioritizing that moment of rest and true rest and not moving fast, peace and rest and mm-hmm. that truly he prioritizes that over doing things. Mm-hmm. We are we are to abide in Christ, not you know just do things. In Christ, and even in the garden, we look at the creation. Originally, it wasn't Adam and Eve were placed there, be, or created even originally because God said it was good. Mm-hmm. It was for His pure enjoyment, mm-hmm. and His job was to keep and maintain the earth yeah. and to you know multiply all the the, the cultural mandate there in, in Genesis. But it wasn't to, you know, make a big empire, to do your own thing. That only happens when sin comes along. And at the Tower of Babel, they want to make a a name for themselves, reach God on their own, literally. So they build a tower and make this big thing. And that's shown as pure sin. And throughout the time, all these things boil down to man trying to make their own thing apart from God. And really being in Christ, in God today, will mean that you're not going to be hurried. And that takes a lot of time to unravel because as we're taught, you know, it's just more and more implications of how we don't get that right and how it's accepted and normal to not get it right, even within Christian circles. Yeah. Well, and I even think about, as you were talking, I think about you and I visited Asbury. Yeah. And and we went, you all probably, several of you probably heard about what God was doing in Asbury, probably heard stories, whether you got the chance to go or not. But one of the things that we found uh, that really surprised us, because both of us kind of went down there with the understand or the reality that we probably had never been in a revival, true revival, true biblical revival, like like it was claimed down there. And so it was a lot of we went down with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, but the the thing was was that it wasn't it wasn't like what most of us and even in church culture that we tried to create. Yeah. It was literally I felt like people just waiting. For God, just just being willing to stop 
and be in God's presence. They 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 didn't they didn't like they weren't trying to to bring about this powerful message that would really reach into hearts and souls. They weren't trying they were literally when we went there, we just sat and we we read the scriptures, we prayed, we worshiped. I mean, that was that was what it was. Like just yeah. literally like what we're talking about, being still to the point that they were trying to work their classroom schedules around it and trying to work all these other so that they could remain still in the presence of God as long as God was moving. And right. and I think it's like exactly what we're talking about like that it, it's just amazing to see what God would will do if we'll just be willing to stay. And the word abide is really what that that's what that word means. You you stay. You you mm-hmm. you you stay with Christ. You don't you don't try to hurry him along and try to get ahead of him and try to uh, yep. uh, create a better Christ experience. You just stay, and, and that's where you're at. And when you stay with him, just like the disciples, you know, when they, he went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, they couldn't pass out the demon. But when he he came back down, you yeah. know, I mean, they were just with him, and then he just took care of everything. So when you when we stay with him uh, and we're willing to stay, then then I think God will move and we'll be able to see that and experience that. And that's where, like you said, peace and rest truly comes from that place. It does. Um, and even even though it, it may get busy still, even though there's opportunities, it, it looks different when you when you embrace it from a place of rest in the presence abiding in Christ than it does when you try to do it just to fill, just to fit it in, um, yeah. desperate in desperation, trying to get to everything. It does. So that's where we're going. We we feel as if for our lives, even, but for our culture today, this is and something that nobody's talking about and everyone needs to be talking about, yes. really. This yeah. is fundamental to the gospel. So we're going to pivot, as we do, in terms of our weekly schedule here moving on out. We have been tackling theological topics, and we will. We're, Lord willing, we'll be around for a while doing this um, this podcast. But uh, for the next couple of weeks, we want to camp out here. What does it mean to abide in God, rest in Christ? And we're going to share our experiences with that as uh, we hope you will too, and either commenting or sending us emails because this is really a a day by day thing. Yeah, that following Christ as we have have stressed before, but um, we have a lot of exciting things coming up with that. So let me share with you our, our schedule here. Um, excuse me. So um, we have an exciting month of June. June second, Daryl Dash is going to come up on the on the podcast. He has written books, uh, "How to Grow" is one of his books, and uh, um, eight, I think, habits for growth. And it's crazy. We, we scheduled him before all of this, and yeah. all even his, his books are centered on growth and this this idea of what we need to prioritize in our life. That's just a little sidebar, but we didn't plan any of this. Yeah, yeah. And it's all just coming to us as we feel as God revealing to us. Yeah. Um, so June 2nd, that's going to uh, be him. Um, we're going to come to you live from the, well, not live, we'll tape it, but from the Southern Baptist Convention that next week, Lauren and I are going to be there. And then we're so excited, we just secured this, but on June, uh, Friday, June 30th, we're going to have author and um, great thought leader. She's one of if not my favorite uh, Christian author right now. I'm so excited to have her on. Jen Pollock Michelle um, is going to be on the on the podcast. Uh, she's written a lot of books, but uh, we're going to talk with her about um, 
a rule of life and what that means, that whole concept. And uh, she wrote a book that was particularly impactful to me called Keeping Place uh, that we're going to talk about as well, along with her other books. Check her out in advance, Jen Pollock Michelle. That's going to be on June 30th. And um, after that, we've felt and <laughs> I've felt the need to get ahead again and even just put this to practice and rest for a while. So that's going to be, we're going to call that our first season, if you will. We're going to switch up our uh, schedule for June. In, or July and August, rather, of this month or of this year, and just do Tuesdays and Thursdays. Sermon on Tuesday and the uh, behind the sermon on Thursday. Just do two per week, and then we'll pick up in September with uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday again, and get back into those theological um, topics of discussion. So we're very excited for yeah, what's coming yeah. up here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, and it's a you know it's a busy summer in the life of the church. So hopefully it'll be a good uh, it'll keep a good balance as we go through and. And, uh, you know, we've got some mission trips coming up. Andrew's going to be in, uh, in Louisiana for a while at the convention. And, and, and so there's just a lot of stuff going on. But we, we do want to continue to be with you some uh, as much as we can. And then uh, hopefully we'll be geared and, and ready to go uh, once we get past uh, the, busy, the busy couple months stretch and, and, and continue on trying to be the best Jesus followers that we can be. Absolutely. Yeah. So ironically enough, it's time to get to the next thing in our day. But uh, with that, we hope that uh, you will, and maybe just a homework assignment for all of us this week, and we'll probably touch on on Wednesday, but let's maybe keep in mind, see how hurried we actually are before next week. Just take stock of how you feel throughout the week, where you feel hurried, and how much that might pervade your life in our life, and uh, we'll report back next week. Email us. Our emails are in the uh, show description below, and um, comment or um, p- put a like on this as well if you if you uh, would yeah. feel so inclined. And yeah. uh, we'll look forward to next time. Anything else before we quit? Uh, no, no. I just, I, you know, I, I invite you to dig into this. I mean, this is uh, this is coming from. I am probably the weakest among us at this particular topic that we are <laughs> that we are covering. So I, I am super excited and thrilled, and and would uh, appreciate and enjoy any kind of uh, input that you all would have. So I can't say that enough. Uh, don't don't hesitate. Maybe it's something that you excel at, um, and that's incredible because I would say you you probably are a minority in the culture we live in. If that's the case, as far as far as knowing when to move and when to stay and being able to balance that. So, uh, so please, please don't hesitate. Uh, give us some feedback, uh, and we, will, we look forward to being with you next time. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you on Monday for a uh, sermon, and we'll uh, catch them. We're praying for you this week, and we hope that uh, you can find yourself close to Christ, especially as we uh, look to hurry less, for sure. So That's right. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah.